1: You're listening to Handbags at Dawn, where the private items within your bags become public property in a chat-instigating, non-kleptomaniac way, you understand. Yes! I'm your baggage-burrowing host, Charlotte Edmonds, with a nine-year past in TV format development at Psycho, a present in podcasting and freelance creative work, and doubtless a future of telling strangers to make the most of their tiny tots, as I grow all misty-eyed at the memories of my own, too. Slept through the night from two weeks, I'll lie. Reality won't matter, then. (coughs) This is the one where I talk hosting highlights, the alarmingly drug dealer-like qualities of ice cream vans, and casual nights out at the BAFTAs with a perfectly marvellous presenter. <laughs> My guest this week is a children's TV legend. Having graduated from Cambridge with a degree in economics, she fronted kids' quiz shows and Milkshake before getting her big break on BBC One's flagship show, Blue Peter, working at the helm of this famous ship for 10 years and becoming the show's longest-serving female presenter. She quickly landed a role hosting The Extra Factor, delivering the highest-rating series in its then-seven-year history before starring in entertainment, current affairs, documentary and panel shows for the BBC ITV channel 4 and 5, and most recently, the King of the Nerds format for Sky 1. This mother of two has also turned her multi-talented hand to scripting, co-writing on the acclaimed drama Black Mirror with her husband, Charlie Brooker. This is the tremendous Connie Huck. Hello, Connie. Hello, that's a lovely introduction, thank you. Well, you deserve a lovely introduction, you're very lovely indeed. You've done so much, Connie. I'm old. I'm old now. (laughs) I shan't hear of it, you're not old. The grey hairs are coming through, I'm old now.
2: Yeah, I started quite young as well. How old are you when you started? When I first started presenting, I was 16. What? I lied about my age to get a job. And there was an advert in Time Out magazine for TV presenters. Who can resist that for 18 to 25 years? And I was 16. So I went along to these open auditions just for a laugh. As a way to meet boys. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty. And (laughs) I think because I wasn't actually interested in the job, because I didn't think I could do it or would do it, I guess that I just sort of threw caution to the wind and just had fun and then I weirdly got this job on cable and satellite, and that was the first programme I presented and I had lied to them and said that I'd left school. Actually my school were really good. I used to sort of present in my free periods. So but the school quite liked it I think because they thought it was good for my aquaform, which it was. I think it helped me get to uni.
1: And I'd imagine that when you're applying somewhere like Cambridge you need as much as possible to help you stand out. Well that's the thing. I reckon that having presenting on my aquaform, because I was doing science
2: a-levels they probably thought oh she's well-rounded and a bit interesting let's put her in and she's an ethnic minority this all helps you know fulfill our quotas you know and so i reckon that helped me get to uni
1: now i'm very interested Mm -hmm. to know what your handbag is like but i see two handbags here well you see because i have two handbags of regular
2: use A bigger one for like if I'm going somewhere where I need to carry lots of clobber, maybe on a work job. And then a little one for if I want to just streamline and have a small one that I can put on the back of the buggy quite easily. So these are the two regular usage
1: handbags. So you can take your pick. You're clearly ready for any eventuality. Would you call yourself an organised person? I would say that I like to make sure that I am prepared and organised,
2: but then I also sort of am a bit lazy. So because the smaller one fits in the bigger one, if I need to quick go somewhere I don't know and I can't be bothered to reshuffle everything I can just stick the smaller one in the bigger one
1: just keep adding keep yeah. adding like the Russian doll effect of the handbag world yeah should we have a little mm. look inside okay. your bag yes. which bag <laughs>
2: um, which one take your pick pick a bag any bag you
1: point and I'll pull the we'll first go thing out for up. that one so let's have okay. a look
2: Okay. okay oh look I've got some 3D cardboard glasses. You know the type. In the olden days, they'd have one green and one red lens, wouldn't they? I know. But they don't anymore. So these rather stylish 3D glasses.
1: Where are they from?
2: So this is the Ice Age 4D Experience. And that's a show at Alton Towers. What were you doing in Alton Towers? This weekend. Well, I was there with the family. But we ended up... I just hosted a thing for the Prince's Trust there. But you know what it's like having kids. I was like... That's three hour drive away. Where do I put the children while I do this thing? So because my husband could get the day off, we decided to just all go up to Orton's house and he looked after the kids while I did my thing and then we
1: made a weekend of it and went to fun things like the Ice Age 4D experience. You know how people so often say it's really difficult to balance a career and motherhood? Well, You've got the answer. Do both at Alton Towers and then you win this week's Mother That Rocks award. Win-win. It's a win-win situation, yeah. So I took all the kids,
2: all two of them, I'm exaggerating, but it feels like I have 400 at times, and the husband. And then what was good is that he had to just wrestle them. And then by the time I got there to join the crowd, they were more
1: subdued. So it worked out rather well indeed. You've had two children in the last five years? Yep. What sort of jobs are you involved with at the moment? How have you been managing to do both so
2: since I've had the kids I'm sort of not actively seeking it unless it comes to me and I really like it because I always feel that doing stuff and being a mum I feel like I'm being a mum badly and I'm working badly but if the right thing came up then I would I mean like I really enjoyed doing King of the Nerds because that was a block of filming it meant that I could just get a nanny for the block whereas other things it's not as easy to sort of juggle with parenthood unless you have a full-time nanny, I kind of want to do the motherhood thing it's going quite quickly and they will be in school before I know it and I think it's important to keep dipping your toe back in the water because otherwise you'll find that suddenly you can't swim anymore (laughs) so my thing is one or two days a week is good but then it's hard to find a job that's one or two days a week and so I'm sort of doing corporates voiceovers, guesting although I've decided that I don't do quiz shows anymore because I've got baby brain <laughs> I totally can't remember anything, and I get that thing of being scared. I remember I did Pointless, and I did really well on it, and I thought, oh, this is really good. I've done well, and I've come away looking like I can remember facts and information. And then they asked me back, and I thought, no, because if I go back, I know that I'll just come out really quickly. I remember I did Celebrity Fifteen to One before, and I got the two questions wrong, your two starter questions, and then came out, and it was like blink and you miss it. I was like, is that it? Is it over? Twenty awesome. seconds, yeah. And I I just thought I don't remember last week let alone you know general knowledge the thing is is I'm not bad at general knowledge but when you're on the spot your mind just goes completely blank and you just panic you don't even trust your own brain so you know I, I've been asked before to do celebrity mastermind I think what would be my chosen specialist subject I know nothing but I could do the life and times of Peppa Pig you know that's <laughs> all I know at the moment is the theme tunes of CBeebies
1: shows Look, and... it's still a specialist subject I think you should go for it. Fly the flag for parents everywhere. I I reckon I know every plot line, every character, (laughs) everything. Do you get asked to do a lot of quiz shows because you're incredibly intelligent?
2: I'm not incredibly intelligent, that's the thing. I don't know, I think I've got lucky in life. I think people often think that I'm more intelligent than I am.
1: (laughs) It's better that way round. Yeah, that's true.
2: (laughs) And then, so obviously I don't want to shatter the illusions. Hence, I don't do quiz shows anymore. I did do one the other day, actually, because I was told that you don't actually have to know anything it's a new format it's not out yet but actually what happens is there's a contestant and the celebrity panel debates the answer to the question that the contestant has been asked and I was on a panel it was great fun actually with Christopher Biggins and Nigel Havers and so we were chatting one through and then Nigel Havers had a mental block and he couldn't remember who wrote Sherlock Holmes and so instead of looking foolish he said Sherlock Holmes which was written by and turned to me and I know who wrote Sherlock Holmes Arthur Conan. But in that moment, in front of the studio audience, my
1: mind froze, and I thought
2: the only reason I did this is because I don't have to be put on the spot. And then I had to just declare I've got a mental block. That's and when you so want to then... shout
1: at the producers, "You lied!" And yes. then drop the mic and, and then... walk off stage.
2: Totally, I felt <laughs> foolish. Your self-belief goes. I, you really doubt even when you know something. I'm almost like, oh, I know that, but maybe if I'm wrong, I'll look like an idiot because I'm so wrong. So maybe I shouldn't say anything. I think when you're younger, you're fearless. You're more likely to. Be be quite happy to do a bungee jump when you're older you're cynical and jaded and you've got children to protect you had
1: a lot to do of that on blue peter didn't you you were flung into many a stunt yes
2: this time i went to alton towers and i didn't have to do one scary ride and i had the kids as an excuse as well oh dear he's too short to go on the nemesis roller coaster what a shame because actually i used to, i know i used to have to go on all these rides and you'd have to do it several times to different camera angles and
1: actually people think i'm really gung-ho and fearless and i'm not a all. How did working on Blue Peter for all that time help set you up for having kids? I don't know, I'm very resourceful. You
2: need to be resourceful as a mother and I would say I'm quite resourceful. I guess presenting as well, you have to be quite good at multitasking, especially if you're doing live and if you're, I don't know, cooking while talking to camera and hearing someone in your earpiece tell you that your item is going three minutes over or whatever. Uh,
1: you've just described family meal times across the world. You're having to juggle so many things. This is great training. Yeah,
2: juggling, I mean, Women are expected to juggle anyway.
1: But when you've got multiple children, the juggling reaches new heights, doesn't it? When you look back at the shows you've done so far, what were the elements of them that you most enjoyed? So I loved Blue Peter because of the variety. That's why I was on it for 10 years. Because it was
2: so fun. You're working with so many different teams because they had like a film team, a web team, a team for the Monday show, a team for the Wednesday show. You know, So you're always with different people. When you're not doing the studio shows, you're away travelling places. So I really loved that And I found since then Everything is almost like a bit of that So we'd have, I don't know, music acts on that And I have used to present sometimes on Top of the Pops But that's like just doing the music act And then I did, to say, a travel show for Discovery And that's just like doing just the summer trip The great thing about Blue Peter Was the variety You got to do many aspects All in one show I really love magazine shows And I really love live TV I just like the buzz of live Because you can just, I don't know be you and not have to worry about this thing well let's do that again and be a bit more formal this time you know it's more honest in a way you're not sort of
1: acting to some extent what's the direction you most commonly get from producers that's a really good question
2: often i talk quite fast and i think when things are live and you know you've only got a certain amount of time on an item instead of self-editing i just want to say everything and so i just talk faster instead just how quickly your mind's working you can't help it i'm trying to keep up with myself here so much to say i always find that when i talk to people and have conversations i'm always going off on tangents and if i've been at a dinner party or something where i've been chatting to people i often go home and think oh i never actually got to the punch line on that they must wonder why i said that weird fact story.
1: it's when you ring someone at half past midnight going Gu- guys just so you know in case yeah. you're wondering <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's a classic because i never managed to finish the whole story <laughs> So then how was your experience going from Blue Peter to Extra Factor? Extra is
2: mad I mean because you worked at Psycho didn't you so you know how they work there. I mean I think I was only told that I got the job literally the week before. Yeah that sounds about right (laughs) because they don't decide things till up to the wire I think that's kind of how Simon works as well. He's completely nocturnal as you all know so sometimes he wouldn't even pitch up till like the afternoon but I really loved doing it because it was live. The fact is if you're on the main show, you just read what's on the queue and you be and do what they say, whereas I kind of like to do my own thing, which I think I could do a lot more on extra, so I really loved it I enjoyed it, I loved the whole audition aspect of going around the country and meeting people, you see I love different types of people from all different walks of life all different ethnicities, just chatting and hearing their stories, so I really liked that element of it, and then judges houses is such fun, because you travel off to, you know, Danny Minogue's house in Australia, you know, I
1: met Danny and Kai mum. I'm like, you're a formidable woman. You have these two national treasures. Connie, this all sounds just incredibly glamorous, but far from being drenched in champagne, you actually live a very clean lifestyle, don't you? (laughs) Is that a conscious decision or did it just sort of happen? Okay, so, I never, I was brought up not drinking
2: because uh, my parents are Muslim. In fact, I'm Muslim as well. We were a Muslim family. So then when I sort of have tried it, I've not really liked the taste and I don't have that thing of, you know how lots of people they feel if they go out they need it to relax i don't really have that because it was never in my mentality and so i've never been drunk i've never had a hangover there's many things in life i'm missing out on
1: i've think that's probably a part of drinking you wouldn't miss, actually. It's a little bit like saying, I've never broken my leg. It's basically a good thing. Yes,
2: yes. (laughs) Although are we more well-rounded for having these experiences.
1: No, I'm talking rubbish. You're right,
2: I don't want to have a hangover. (laughs) Is that
1: why you look so incredibly stunning? Because I'm regretting every life choice I've ever made sat here opposite you.
2: (laughs) I look really young, but I think that is a genetic thing. The thing is, though, it's good and it is bad. I mean, it's nice to look young, admittedly. But then... People always treat me like I'm a child. (laughs) Do they? How so? I mean, for things like, okay, so for working, for jobs, I think because I look young, but, you know, I've got a degree in economics and stuff, there's things that I might not get considered for. Not saying that I want to do a heavy economics documentary or whatever, but I don't know whether it makes me not have the gravitas
1: and authority of someone of my years. You are widely celebrated for being... um, National Connie Day. ...for being really beautiful. How much importance has been placed on how you look i mean weirdly okay so when i grew up
2: like i never particularly actually grew up wearing sort of skirts and shorts and things like that because i was quite conservative and i was from quite a conservative. i mean they weren't really like a really strict family or anything but they were sort of more strict than your average family when i first started presenting i felt really uncomfortable glamming up because i was just not used to that at all and weirdly some people feel more comfortable. In makeup, because it's almost like you know, then they feel like they're looking good or whatever. I was kind of a bit the opposite. I feel, like, I feel like, oh no, now I've probably smeared that eye stuff all over my face, or you know, and I've got really bow legs and I'd hate to wear skirts and heels. And you know, we all have our insecurities. So, in a weird way, I think it's really good that I started out on Blue Peter and for so long because it sort of normalized me a lot more through that 10 years. And then after that, you, you know, the stylist will buy you the clothes. You know, I always laugh at these celeb magazines when I was doing extra you know we would laugh actually me and the makeup At some places it was like oh, style icon and it was me and I'm like no it's not they've just hired someone that's put me in these clothes I have no idea I'm so terrible I have no idea about what's fashion especially since being a mum I tend to wear elasticated waistbands a lot so I'll wear leggings or jogging bottoms because I like to always feel like I'm in my pyjamas I literally when I have to do things now I'm sort of like on Google thinking oh what will I not be laughed at (laughs) you know I just don't know what's in I do like to look nice but it's my perception of what
1: looks nice
2: which might not be the world's perception I think things that suited me before it doesn't suit me as much I'd say I was more curvy before I had kids and then I think
1: I've gone a lot skinnier since having kids I've often wondered because I've gone right I had two kids and I've gone oh the children did this to me and I think maybe it was just the passage of time yeah because five years have passed what we would be like anyway naturally had we not had kids. You don't want to blame them,
2: but... <laughs> I never want to blame them for anything, but they've got a lot to answer for. Um, <laughs> I'm telling what I'm doing. I'm eating Cheerios from spinning Top.
1: So, that's the sound of someone telling us. We have to move on to your second item. Okay, second like item. Your bag? What have we got? I've got all sorts of random things in
2: here. Like, look at that. I've just got a random marshmallow. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> oh, look, a lolly stick. And so that lolly stick must have ended up in there, because one day, the ice cream van was outside the park and they cried until I succumbed and got them each a rocket or whatever it is they wanted and then obviously they handed me their rubbish and in it goes in the bag but while we're on the subject of the lolly stick I have this thing about ice cream vans I call the ice cream man the heroin man because right nowadays we're always going on about how your kids shouldn't have so much sugar and fat is okay compared to sugar and sugar is the new evil and you know everyone's trying to scrabble around to buy organic this and that and sugar free in Ella's Kitchen or Plamo and he sweetens with grape juice And you know As a parent You try to limit it The minute they've tasted sugar That's it They're addicted And you have these campaigns Where you know Supermarkets will get attacks On fizzy drinks If they've got too much sugar in Yet no one does anything About the heroin man Who comes in his van It's literally like This man is peddling drugs From his van And the van plays music Literally saying Come and get your heroin You know Out of these speakers At the top of the van And he pulls up Outside the priory Or the rehab clinic So these mums Have all taken their kids To the park Or the playground Oh look They're not in front of a screen They're playing on swings and slides This is good healthy play I'm a really good mum I've taken my child To the park And then you come Out of the park gates, And there he is Playing his music Come and get your heroin And you know They know That these kids Are all addicted to sugar And they are not Going to shut up Until mummy or daddy Buys them an ice cream So of course You have to And all
1: your good parenting Goes out the window And you're desperately Trying to jump justify your actions with the theory that perhaps there's calcium in this yeah I know but mine have actually decided they don't want the
2: mini milks anymore I don't even know if there's calcium in a mini milk anyway but at least it made me feel better about myself but no they want the blue ones the bright blue bubblegum flavoured one
1: there is nothing organic in that
2: I mean it so looks radioactive it's so wrong on every level and And will stain everything yes it's made of ink isn't it then you have to trade your lovely whatever it is magnum of whatever's adult life in the ice cream van for the stupid bright blue lolly thing. served
1: by a man who's definitely channeling the child catcher vibe bit, no, I'm with you on that
2: <laughs> if this was room 101 the ice cream be, band Yeah, he's going, it's going in straight it. in with its annoying music You should jingle start jangle a campaign maybe do that could be milkshake. my Jamie Oliver thing it's your Jamie
1: Oliver moment and it
2: was born here what? I'll yeah. be under fire for putting like ice cream men out of jobs yeah. bring around some carrots dude yeah carrot stick man why can't we have the carrot stick man Lots of people nowadays have a Nutribullet or a
1: Nutri-Ninja or a blender thing. Well, you've got a blender? I have an ancient hand blender that gives off an acrid smoke and worrying scent when I use it. It makes blending things actually quite difficult. The soup
2: is off! It's pizza from the (laughs) freezer! (laughs) No, 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 it's not. It's stew. Charlotte makes
1: stew. Should I have a Nutribullet? Well, no, I don't want to even...
2: That's not even relevant. It's one of those things you get and, well, some people keep it up and keep drinking juices forever, but you might use it for the first week and then the novelty wears off and then it goes in the cupboard. But, it's It's quite good when the kids don't eat their fruit or they're not getting their fruit quota to put the fruit in there and then just make lollies in the freezer because it is pure fruit but now I'm acting like I'm a good mother but I'm just telling you that if you want to cancel <laughs> out heroin man's That's sullying your kids with his chemical lollies.
1: Mummy your makeup looks exactly like Kung Fu Panda That's the sound of someone telling us we have to have one quick rule for your okay. last item Connie Okay
2: I just pulled one out while I was talking to you. Hang on I've got a smaller chain as well.
1: This is a very glamorous haul Connie what
2: They're all tangled up, aren't they, from different random pockets. But I always just have, like, little chains or necklaces or bits of jewellery in all different handbags, and I never know what's where. But it's just in case if I'm somewhere and I need to look a bit smarter, I can just shove a necklace on. Or if I'm running out the door, if I look in the mirror and go, oh, no, on the run. (laughs) look in the mirror and go, oh, no. (laughs) It often happens. (laughs) Basically, what I'm saying is I'm often a scruff bag, so I've got little quick fixes so that I don't have to go and change my clothing or anything. I can just sort of
1: upgrade. I choose my jewellery for the day, and please don't judge me too much, but a little bit is fine, by picking up my heap of jewellery, and I shake it, and I see what falls out, and then I find two things that match and I put those earrings on. (laughs) They're
2: all disentangled, because they've all been in different bits, so one of these came out of my purse, this came out of a side pocket, so they all just hide in different places. Often, if I'm on my way back from a job, and I've had a necklace on, I'll just take it off in the car on the way back and shove it in the pocket and I will never know what's where. Sometimes I'll put on a coat and I'll find something. There's a little bit of jewellery in the pocket or whatever. It's a nice little jewelry. A ring or whatever and then I'll just shove it on. Yeah. You've also got
1: I didn't notice you had a sparkly clutch oh, well, so in that, there as well. Weirdly,
2: yes, you're right. So really I've got three handbags. That's always... <laughs> I was out the other night, actually. At oh, 30. where have you been? I've been on a run of going out a lot in the last three weeks. I went to quite a showbiz party the other night, actually. And i never go on about showbiz parties. But you've just asked me and I can't think of anything other well, than... I went to the BAFTAs, actually. That's very showbiz. That's pretty well, much that as showbiz was, as it gets.
1: Yeah, a, <laughs> I do, went do to a birthday
2: sh- party. That one in particular seemed to have a few celebi type people at it. And the BAFTAs is quite showbiz. But apart from those
1: two... Do you do the showbiz party circuit, you and Charlie?
2: You know, we go to things if they're friends. And often if you work in the industry, a few of your friends are also from in the industry. So you could say ish. But, you know, I don't go to things where... I was going to say I don't go to things where Kim Kardashian is. But weirdly... At the aforementioned showbiz party, which is why I'm calling it a showbiz party, Courtney Kardashian was there. How weird is that? We that?
1: <laughs> Check you out. I
2: know. I'm and actually, her. look, I can say there were photos. It was Jimmy Carr's party, and he always has quite a lot of showbizzy people at his thing.
1: So are these showbiz parties as lavish and spectacular and glamorous as people hope they are? His
2: are pretty glamorous. He knows how to throw a party, and there'll always be sort of weird and wonderful people there, like Courtney Kardashian. I mean, are they friends? What's going on here? Why was she there? Yeah. He's had princesses,
1: Eugenie and Beatrice, with that. you know, it's you so weird. Cause I don't think of us as that because we are really low key. Do you think anyone who's married to somebody who was a celebrity ever thinks of themselves as a celebrity couple, or do they think they always feel we're just a couple and we happen to work in TV? I don't
2: know. I think we're more, but then everyone thinks that they're more normal. We're kind of not that famous in the grand scheme of famous people. So I don't know. Who would you say is the celebrity couple? I always think of people not like Brad days. Pitt and posh. Yeah, that's what I mean. Whereas I always think, you know, people like that have servants, probably. <laughs> Not servants, but...
1: I don't want to clean my teeth. I want to win the Grand National. That is definitely the sound of someone telling us they need us. <laughs> How's your experience been on handbags at dawn?
2: Oh, fantastic. I love it. I want to come back every week. And you're so nice. Thank
1: you. Oh, thank you so much. You? It's been an, This Absolute. is a mutual appreciation oh, society here. It's, it's a loving... Really nice. <laughs> Charlotte Edmonds is lovely and nice. But I can't thank you enough. I've loved it. If you would like to speak to our fantastic guest this week, Connie is on Twitter. You can find her at Connie underscore Huck. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at handbagspodcast. Send us a message. Let's chat. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Acast. I will look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.